Hey Church, it's so good that we can all gather once again for, for church. And you know, it's almost uh, coming up to 40 days of MCO. And I really hope that everyone is doing well, you're keeping well. And, and it's really amazing that we can all still come together as a church, even for prayer meetings, connect groups, and even service through all, all the wonderful technology that, that, that we have. Uh, really, we want to thank all the teams who are really working hard, uh, tirelessly behind the scenes to make all of this happen. Amen. Right, so let's dive straight into the Word of God. Now, if you have your Bibles, will you turn to Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 and 8? I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, you're on the church online platform. There is a Bible tab that you can go to and you can actually uh, search for this particular verse there. So let's, we're going to read together, amen? Philippians chapter 3, uh, verse 7 to 8. Ready? 1, 2, and go. Yet all of the accomplishments that I once took credit for, I've now forsaken them and I regard it all as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. To truly know Him meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing all my boasting on the garbage heap. It's all like a pile of manure to me now, so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace Him as Lord in all of His greatness. Let's pray before we start. Amen. Father, we thank you that we can gather today as a church to really sit at your feet to, to really hear from you. So Father, we open our hearts, open our minds and open our ears to receive what you want us, what you want to impart into our lives, oh God. God, let us not uh, go from this service uh, first without being, being first touched and transformed by your word, oh God. And Father, we pray, even the Holy Spirit, you let it be, uh, let it you permeate through every single room, every single house that is watching today. And we commit everything into your hands. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Right. Today, the story that I want to talk to you about, it happens right after um, the resurrection of Jesus. You know, about two weeks ago, we, we celebrated Easter and Good Friday. And what happens right here in this story today is it happens in Luke uh, chapter 24, verse 13 onwards. And this is a story of two followers of Jesus Christ who have heard news of what has happened in Jerusalem and they're traveling to a place called Emmaus. All right, so let's read Luke 24, verse 13 to 16. Now behold, Two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus. Now Emmaus is like, um, it's probably 20 kilometers uh, away from Jer Jerusalem, 20 plus, uh, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. Uh, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. Now the followers were coming from a place where 
the resurrection had happened, but they did not know where Jesus had gone at that time. All they knew was there was news that the tomb was empty. Their beloved teacher has been crucified. Three days later, right now, the tomb is empty and the, these two fellows, they are on their way to a village called Emmaus. And of all the people, the one person that comes up to them was Jesus as they were walking to the village. And Jesus walks alongside them. But here's the thing, they could not recognize him. They did not know that it was Jesus. Look at the term that the Bible uses. Verse 16, but their eyes were restrained. I mean, what a funny term to use, isn't it? Like, who would say like, hey, I went, I went shopping the other day in Mid Valley. Yes, we, we were social distancing, we were apart. But I, I couldn't recognize you. What, why didn't you call me? Oh, I couldn't recognize you. My eyes, they were restrained. Nobody talks like that. You know, the Bible would have been better off saying like, they could not recognize Jesus. Or something came over their eyes, uh, allowing them not to, not to know Jesus. But the Bible uses the word restrain. Now, restrain in Greek is the word krateo. Krateo. Now, the word krateo is like this. It is a, a forceful, powerful movement to get possession of. Say, uh, I want to arrest someone and I say, I'm going to arrest you and uh, soldiers hold, uh, seize him or hold him. That action of holding on, that action of restraining that person is krateo. So, the two followers, their eyes were being restrained. There was something that was holding them back from knowing Jesus. You see, could it be just like the followers for us today, church, that some of us might have been traveling on this journey? We have come from a place of chaos where there is an uncertainty. We don't know what uh, is happening. And all we want is to walk to our Emmaus. And get this, Emmaus, the word, the, the place Emmaus, the meaning of Emmaus is either warm bath or hot spring. Now when you think of a warm bath or hot spring, all you can think of is this. It is relaxing, it is comfort, it is, there is peaceful, there is not a worry in the world. That is the, the first thing you think of when you talk. Oh, all, you know, that, that's where the phrase, you know, all I need to, all I need today after a long day of work is I go back and take a long, warm bath. They were traveling from a place of chaos to a place of comfort. But they fail to see the Christ that is walking alongside them in that journey. Church today, don't let our journey uh, uh, just be blinded by the chaos that is around us or be blinded by the comfort that we, are hope, that we are hoping to walk towards and we fail to see Jesus that is walking alongside us. Let us not fail to recognize what God is doing in this season in and through our lives. You know, a lot of times people focus a lot on the past and focus a lot on 
how, how we can move forward into the future. And I'm not saying that it's wrong. But as much as we live, we live in the today. And there is something that God is doing today, that God is doing now, that we need to take note of. You see, we need to understand the importance of right now. What we do now will, 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 will build the platform for the next. We'll build the platform for the tomorrow. If all we are occupied with is living for, 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 for the past that is holding us back, our past hurts, our sins, or our baggages, or the chaos that is around, we will never be able to, to really come and, and be grateful for what we have today. There's plenty of suffering, especially in this season right now. Are we complaining or are we understanding and, and, and be thankful for the faithfulness of God that is upon our life each day? We need to treasure the now and we need to embrace the present. God is doing something right now. Let our eyes not be, be, be restrained. Let our eyes not be covered by the chaos or by the comfort. But let our eyes fix on Christ Jesus alone. Let our hope fix on Him alone. That even in our journey, we don't need to go to a place, we don't need to come to a destination in life to say that, God, I've arrived. Right now, you can speak to me. God is with us every single step of the way. We don't need to be somebody before God becomes someone to us. God is walking each step with us every single day. God is in our journey. Jesus is in our journey. Let our eyes continue to fix upon Him. Amen? Isaiah 43 verse 19. Behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Now it shall spring forth. Let's continue on. Luke 24 verse 17. Um, it, this is what, what Jesus says to the two disciples right after that. And he said to them, this Jesus saying, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? You know, of all the things for Jesus to say, the first thing that he says is this. Hey, what are you talking about and why are you so sad? This, that's basically what the word says. That's the whole gist of it. You see, another Greek word for you. The word conversation in Greek is logos. And logos is also used for the word of God. You know, today, we have the entire word of God with us. But let me ask you this. Is our eyes always fixed on the promises? Is our prayers always on the promises of God? Is our belief only on the promises of God that we neglect every other part of the Bible? Do we just want the good things from God and refuse to see the other parts that God says about what is happening as well. God does say that He is the comforter, He is our, our strong refuge, our strong tower, He is our healer. But the Bible, the Word of God also does say that this is a broken world, that there will be persecution, that there will be trials, that there will be tribulation, that there will be suffering, that there will be illness. But 
no matter what, the bottom line, at the end of the day, the victory has been won on the cross. Jesus has been resurrected that we may have eternal life. That is the ending of the book. But have we just picked up the good parts for ourselves? Have we just pick, picked up the good chapters and the good quotes for our lives that we fail to really digest the rest of the Word of God? Look at what Jesus does. The followers continue on and say in verse 21, you know, he, uh, they, they, they explain to Jesus what has happened. And then verse 21, they say, but we were hoping, we were hoping that something would, some, that, that this Jesus that were, they taught would, would come and save them. Because they were, they were, they were basing their, what, what they had based on the prophets in the Old Testament, what they had written. You see, they only took the good parts of Jesus coming to become Saviour and Messiah, but they did not take the part where they had to understand that Jesus also had to suffer and Jesus to die for, every, for the complete story to take place. So they had this skewed and biased view of what was going to happen, and that affected their sight on Jesus. And look at how Jesus answered them after that in verse 25. O foolish ones and a slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken, or not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. Verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures, in all the scriptures and things concerning himself. Jesus expounded the entire uh, whole word fully to them, starting from Moses and the prophets. He did not just cherry-pick, he expounded the whole word of God. Today, it is more important, more so, that we don't cherry-pick what we choose to build or believe, or we choose to be, what to build our trust on. If our trust is on the word of God, let it be the whole Word of God. Let us not pick in pieces. Let us not just want the promises, but not want the responsibilities of growing. Let us not just want to be mature, but not want to have the, the things that comes along with maturity to be, to be corrected, to, to go through the, the hard knocks, to, to really not just want to see God's blessing upon our life, but to also be good stewards of, of what He has given to us to be thankful to be grateful of what he has given to us thus far, not just a one thing from him and one thing from him. Let us place our hopes in the right things today, church. And my third point is this. First is Jesus is in our journey. Number two is the whole word of God, the entirety of the word of God. And the third is this, Luke 24, verse uh, 28 onwards. And then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is fast spent. And he went in to stay with them. Verse 30, Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. 
the followers could not know Jesus. Their eyes were restrained until they came to a point where they had communion and fellowship with Jesus. Church, we cannot come to a point to really know this Jesus that we call our Lord and Saviour until we actually have communion and fellowship with Him. It is not good enough to be just like the followers, to just know a few things from the old, just know a few things about Jesus, to just uh, have, to have already been followers of Jesus, but yet fail to recognize Him. It really speaks of the importance of that fellowship, the importance of that communion with Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about the, the, the Lord's Supper communion. Communion as in that relationship, that intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. You know the word know in verse 31, their eyes were open and they knew him. That word knew, right? Once again, another Greek word, another Greek word for you. That word knew is genosko. You see, in the Greek uh, terminology, an English word might be one single word, but in Greek, it could be a few words that could mean that same thing. So, there are three different terms for the word know in Greek. Number one is nostos, which is factual data or information. Say, um, I have a piece of paper with me, and it says that Jesus is Lord. That is information, that is factual data, that is nostos. Number two is oida. Now, oida is perception and understanding. It's something to do with our mental faculties, what we understand, what we internalize. And the third one is ginosko. Ginosko is knowing through relationship and intimacy. And in Luke, verse 31, then their eyes were opened and they knew him, that knew, the knowing of Jesus in that verse, is Ginosko, is knowing Him through relationship, knowing Him through the communion. Let's go back to Philippians 3 verse 4 and 8. In Philippians 3, if you read from verse 4 onwards all the way up to verse 6, Paul, everything Paul was talking about was about himself. If you look at uh, verse 4 all the way to verse 8, right? It is basically Paul's LinkedIn profile. That is his resume and his CV. And he's like, oh, you know, I have achieved this in life. I have this, I have that. I am perfect in this. And he literally goes on to say that there is no one that is as good as me. No one can surpass me. And the best thing is this. He says that I was born into the right family line. Not only is he boasting about what his achievement is, he's boasting about his heritage, you know. Like, I was born in the right family. My family is better than your family. That's essentially what Paul is saying. But verse 7, that's when he turns it around and he says this, Yet all the accomplishments that I once took credit for, I've now forsaken them. 
and I regard it as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. Now, the Passion Translation uses the word experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. I think um, there are other versions, if I'm not mistaken, it's the NLT uses the word knowing or knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, that word knowledge comes from the root word nostos. That means it's this. All his achievement, everything that he has done, even including being born in the right family, he throws it all away just for the sake of a piece of paper which says Jesus is Lord, is worth it. That is what Paul is saying. Because he says, all my achievement, all everything that I've done, I, I don't need it. Just for the delight of having that piece of paper of seeing it, Jesus is Lord. That is more than enough. But he doesn't stop there. He goes on to say what he continues to push through and continues to want to, to, to achieve. To truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing all my boasting on the garbage heap. It's all like a power manual. So that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ. I may be enriched in the reality of knowing that knowing is genosco. It is encountering God. Knowing Him through communion, knowing Him through fellowship. There is no other way. You can read everything about a person in an autobiography. But it is until you actually spend time with that person, intimately knowing him, that you will really know the person. For those of you who are married, I'm quite sure if there is a book about your spouse, you can read and memorize the entire book, but yet it is different from truly and intimately knowing your spouse. That relationship that you have with one another, and that is genosco of really coming to a point to really know God, to not just know about Him, but to really know Him. To really know Him. Look at what the two followers said after that in view. Verse 32. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us. Jesus was with them in the journey. Jesus expounded, opened up the entirety of the word to them. And because of that, they had that fellowship, they had that communion, the Ginosco Jesus, the result of it was their heart burned with fire and passion. Church, I pray that today we really take a hard look at our relationship with God. Like, do we really and truly know Him? Do we really have that genosco relationship with Him? Do we really know Him, know Him? Or we, do we just know Him as 
words there on, on a piece of paper, words in the Bible that says Jesus is Lord and we just take that. To Paul, that was enough. But he didn't stop there. He continued on, continued on and pressed in to really know Jesus, to really have that intimate relationship with Jesus. And the thing with relationship is there is no destination in a relationship. It is a constant journey that you take with someone. And Jesus is walking that journey with you today. You don't need to be somewhere in life for you to only experience Jesus. I believe that no matter how young you are, how old you are, what you have done in the past, the chaotic past, or even maybe you have fallen away from Jesus. You have already found comfort being away from, 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 from church, from Jesus. Know this, He's never left you. He's been walking in that journey with you. So I really pray and hope that we will learn to genosco God, to experience Him, to intimately experience Him. I want you to really ask this question or pray this prayer. God, I really want to know You even so much more. I really want to genosco You more than ever before. Let it be such an intimate relationship between me and you. Maybe it's time we really look at our relationship with God today. Father, we thank you for today. And Father, we pray and we ask that each and every one of us, we will learn to genosco you, O oh God. That God, we will learn to encounter you. We will learn to find time to come commune with you, to fellowship with you. That God, let there not be chaos or comfort that distracts us, but let it be Christ that we stand firm on. Let it be Christ that, that we, we really truly build our life on. That God, we understand that even each day, even as we walk with you, continue to draw us closer to you, going to reveal the things of your heart to us, O oh God. Father, we pray that God, let every hindrance, every uh, uh, thought that we are not good enough to come before you be removed in Jesus' name. That God, we will continue to be closer to you, be drawn deep into the things that are of you, O oh God. Father, we commit ourselves to you. And Father, today, even as we end service, we declare the benediction the love of the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the sweet, sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit continue to be with us. May your hands continue to be upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, church. We'll see you next week. Take care and stay safe. This sermon has been brought to you by Harvest Generation Church. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged.